Welcome to episode 308 of This Is Whole Life. We are Sans the Cinquemani, which I'm not really sure where he is. He flying? Is they a flying? He is. Day or is he he's probably there? over the Atlantic at this point. His nose is probably in that book that I gave him last week. I bet it is. I went directly, I'll have you know, after the podcast taping, went to Amazon and it wasn't going to get here in time. So I thought, you know, how about the old Barnes and Noble, right? They still sell mm-hmm. books, don't they? Yeah. They do. They had what I was looking for, that walking drum by Louis L'Amour. And Jeff was, you know, as you heard last week, he was a little annoyed with Ken and I. But He we- was. You, you had, you, I wish you could have been here in the studio because <laughs> it was really, you couldn't probably hear it in his voice, but the you, eye just the right. eye rolls and the the, the uh, inaudible sighs. And <laughs> We're moving on, right? <laughs> I'm sure Jeff isn't listening to this, right? No, he probably yeah. won't, but he, may, he might when he gets back yeah, after. Yeah, there we go. And then he came up to me on Saturday and he's like, you know, that book you got. He's like, it wasn't a Western. I'm like, I know you were so disgusted with us. You weren't listening to us tell you that it wasn't a Western, that you might actually enjoy it because yeah. it's 12th century. Yeah. I mean, it's fiction, but anyway, he started well the research. book. He, 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 he started just a little bit. He cheated. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking he was wanting a head start for that trip He wanted to there. see whether it was worth the luggage space, probably. Yeah. The, I mean, 430 pages. It's not just a, it's not a breeze through. No, you don't. No. And it turns out 10 other of you also used that link to check out. Um, <laughs> Apparently, it was the most used link of all, right? Is it that was, what you well, told me? I looked at it today because I just wanted to be fair to make sure that there was, you know, I wasn't giving preferential treatment or I wasn't like, you know, making stuff up. But actually, there were three books that all, that all finished with 10. And those were The Rest of God by Mark Buchanan that was uh, recommended. And then the Sabbath, Abraham Joshua Heschel had eight, and Subversive Sabbath, The Surprising Power of Rest in a Nonstop World by A.J. Swoboda had nine. Oh, nice. So, like, everyone went. It was well distributed. It, it was. Hey, thank you guys for listening, and uh, and thank you for checking out those links. And I think I would love to hear back from anybody on what their experience was with those books. With so. any of them. Yeah, did you order, or did you just check yeah. it out? Yeah, and if you ordered one and you read it, I'd love to hear a review. What did you think? Ah, there good we recommendation, go. not good recommendation. Should have just kept it. I'd to like ourselves. to know. <laughs> People can call in, right? They can call yeah. and leave a, a, a voicemail and tell Ooh. us. Ooh, that would be kind of fun to hear their what they thought of those books. Yeah, give us like a ninety second or less review on uh, on the book if you actually got one and you read it, or yeah. you're in the process of reading it and you're excited and you're like plowing through it already. And the other part was. A ton of people did uh, actually go through and look at the books and the shares. Again, I noticed a huge jump in the there's a link that goes into all this stuff on Twitter. And that that link jumped by about 30 shares this past time. So you guys are sharing again. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And we love, 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 love that. And the books this time I got smart. I can't just put it in the can't always count on people to grab the show notes because you kind of forget. Mm-hmm. So I put the books all in a tweet. Nice. So that probably did help. So yeah. in the future, I will start doing that as well. If we're going to- Can we still use Twitter? Is that still, will we be able to do that? Uh, last time I checked, it, it was still up. Is yeah, it? Yeah, okay. it was still up and doing well. Just wasn't sure now that Musk owns it, whether, I know. whether that changes anything. We were, we were, there was a lot of people hand wringing, but so far so good. So stick with us, people. Well, actually, it should add more people, right? Because that was his whole thing with it, that he, he thinks- Less yeah. restrictive with less restrictive, but I think also more features. Like, can we just get a uh, an, an edit your tweet, please? 
Oh yeah. Could we please? Like every other platform, it's like after you do it and it's like you totally spell the word wrong or whatever, and it's like, oh man, do I have to delete it? People have already commented on it. Now they're they're laughing at me because I can't spell. And no, I really do know how to spell, but yeah, no. So I'm hoping that's high in his list. I've already DM'd him about it. So <laughs> we'll see if that was worth forty billion dollars <laughs> to be able to put the edit. <laughs> I'm hoping because uh, that would be that would make my life better. I, I use Twitter a lot, so that'd be great for me. All right, this week I'm wondering, and I just had to ask Ken before we start anything. Are you sure that the title of this past week's message didn't accidentally get changed from its original title? Boy, you're making me feel a little nervous now. I don't know. Did it? Well, I mean, I, I heard the title was Four Ways to Kill. Yeah. But I was pretty sure. I mean, I looked it up online. Should have been Four Ways to Murder. A Thousand Ways to Kill, A Tale of the Velvet Sledgehammer? <laughs> no. That wasn't. No, no, no that no, was not the original. It was not, no, the, was original. not the original, no. <laughs> and this wasn't so much. This was the double. This was like the double sided. If you've ever seen a sledgehammer, there are there is a sledgehammer, and then sometimes the other side will have like a pickaxe or a something. Pickaxe yeah. or an angle, an angle yeah. on it for doing something. This was the double sided flat wow. sledgehammer because if you think about it, it was it was pretty rough okay. when you when you think about it. like the four stories. Yeah, were were I mean, you, Sparkle was in. We were in the back. Yeah, and she's like, is she okay? She is, but she was like, did is this person coming? Here next oh. about the shooting. Oh no! In Guam, and we're like, no, 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 no. This is oh, a story. No. This is a story. She's like, oh, but then she, I did. <laughs> you can catch her like looking around, like, baby, no, no, nobody's coming here. This is a story. This happened yeah. before, and you know she's very, very literal person. Yeah, and, sure. and she does listen, and so she's always checking out. And then when church was over, obviously nothing bad happened, so it was all good. <laughs> but if you didn't catch the message. This is one that you definitely should listen to because. And perhaps maybe you just put a trigger warning on that. If you have <laughs> this children, not, you may want to. Small, this was not intended for small you children. You may not. Ones. I don't know. You may want to listen to it first and then decide what level of you're, yeah, you're up to. And that's the, I, I, I felt a little bad, bad. I wish that I had. I wish I had kind of said that ahead of this sermon. It's like, hey, there's going to be some stories in here that that, you know. Maybe with small children, you might want to, you know, just you, I mean, you'd have to decide on what your level is with yeah. with those. I know that one of the things that I struggle with is that being a former news broadcaster, <laughs> my filter on that like that to me was a very G rated, yeah, um, no. renditions of those stories. And I recognize for other people that's very much not the case. And and for those, if I if I offended you or if I scarred your child for life, please you know let me know come find me and come i will in. apologize to you personally and to your child as well i i feel like the stories were worthwhile they were on topic Absolutely. and i think no, that, that all that but at the same time i also recognize i thought a little i had thought about you know that and i tried to keep it but like i said my news filter is like you know this this is pretty uh pretty, pretty tame, tame for what i used to read on the news and but this isn't the news this is this is up front in a in a in a big church, so. But I, I think the stories, though the 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 realness and the authenticity that because they were your stories, these yeah. were these were events that you lived through. Sure. The car one, I'm like, well, he's here, so obviously he, <laughs> he survived. He survived, but I wasn't so sure there yeah. for a while. Yeah, I wasn't so sure either in that story. And I, at the end, I'm just like, the message to me, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a little raw. But I think those are the kinds of raw moments that we need in church that just say, 
life isn't always like, well, Jesus loves me. Yes, yeah. that's true. Jesus saves me. Yes, that's true. But and we get a little kumbaya sometimes. And then every once in a while, a little bit of, oh, man, life yeah. is is yeah. dirty and nasty sometimes. And it's a little rough. And yeah. Not that you want to do it for just just shock no, no, value, no, no, no. but but when you really see, I mean, there was emotion as you kind of went back telling those stories, and yeah. we were at second, and so even for there to have been, a, you know, telling in the first service yeah. and at the second, and there was clear emotion there, those pull on the heartstrings in a way that make you think that you don't think at that same level if you don't actually hear it, yeah. or that the person telling the story doesn't mean anything to you. Well, so I guess I could say I'm an old newscaster, but I'm also I've been reading the Bible since I was pretty young, and uh, the Bible has some pretty <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty uh, oh, crazy yeah. stories in there. So, no, anyway, sure. but uh, with all that being said, I you know I was thinking about this, Randy, and I and the in the sermon for those of you who may not have heard it, but those of you who heard it, you know exactly what happened. I basically said I'm going to tell you stories. I'm going to tell you four, and then I want you to go home and discuss. And I'm not going to tell you what I think they mean. And I got to thinking about. It. I thought you know. Jesus' disciples would pull him aside after these things and say to them, well, what what did you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, let us in. And I it. feel like this is the podcast. Maybe the podcast crew can would like to hear what my thoughts are on those stories. I don't. What do you that's, think? Should I? That's you, what I was you, hoping because yeah. you, you did say, you know, the rabbis weren't into always answering yeah. their questions and that we've kind of gotten into that in yeah. our society. You know, teachers, yeah. we, we test, we want answers. And then as long as you give the right answer, you're okay. And I was wondering, even if, and maybe you have another story that you wanted to share just with the podcast. Because I feel like if there was four, there must be there one. Must be fifth, there must right? be a fifth, right? There must be a fifth. That's the so, funny thing is I actually had thought of a fifth, and now I'm like going through my memory bank. I was like, what was the fifth one that I was, was thinking about doing? One? So I was going to ask, if there was a fifth, and then what what were your thoughts on, on each of those? Because I kind of wrote down some ideas about maybe what they didn't have in common, what they had in common, maybe yeah. some insights. So I, I was curious to hear what if you would be willing to or if we were just going to keep the, the kind of the No, I think that what my goal out of that sermon, by the way, is that is not that so much that I don't want to share what my opinion was as much as I want. A lot of times if I share my opinion, you stop thinking. As soon as I say this is what this means and this is what I think about that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's it. And what I really yeah. think is that what's always surprised me is I've shared stories with people and said, well, what do you think about that? We have, and I listened to their discussion. I'm like, I didn't mean that, but that's so much better than what I thought. I mean, that's way. And so in some ways I'm a little bit worried. I'm not like Jesus where I have the ultimate story, right? And I'll get, but I, and so I'm a little bit almost worried when I share what some of these stories mean to me, you'll be like, wow, we got something so much deeper than what you, or whatever, than, than, than what you're going to say. But yeah, um, maybe I should share the four stories for people or you just want to tell them to go back and watch the sermon or what do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. Just go back. And if you, if you haven't heard it yet, you can go to speaking of grace. It's already up. It's already ready. The message is there. The, one of the Q and A's is attached to it and you, you'll hear the, the four, the four stories. There was, do what should we just, there were the, the, there was the, the shooting at the Adventist clinic on Guam. Guam. That was the first one. Then there was Opie. There was Opie. And there was the value, value Genesis, Genesis and stoplights. And stoplights. The four. So the four stories. Those are four good stories. Yeah. I hope just by that's enough. Uh, go back and listen to them. Even if you have to press pause now, go back and listen to that part of the message and then come back and then yeah. let's continue. Okay. Just because right. that'll save time. Yeah. We're back from pause. Go for it. Cool. <laughs> All right. So the first story was pretty straightforward, right? Yep. Um, our, we were talking about the, uh, you know, the, the sixth commandment, um, thou shalt not murder. 
And in the first story, I talk about basically a murder that took place on Guam, a, a man that came in and, and uh, mm. killed two people, wounded several others, um, eventually was uh, was killed himself. And there there's a couple layers to that that I wanted people to think about. So firstly, it is a very straightforward case of murder. This is a man who went in and unnecessarily took the life of several people. Um, and, and what I think is really important in that story is that he didn't just take he took lives but he also um he physically took lives but he also emotionally took some lives there are a number of people that um were very scarred and very damaged emotionally from what this man did um it has it changed the trajectory of some of their lives um, it had to it did yeah um and uh and so you know so that, that i think that's uh that i think that's a um there's that aspect of it. So obviously this man murdered people. But what I thought was also another important thing to think about was that the SWAT team came in and killed him. So the question is, did they murder him or did they kill him? Mm. Were they justified in doing what they did or were they not? Now, there can be a lot of nuance to it. The question is, did they did they try to talk him out of that room? Did right. they try to talk him out, but believe that he was going to kill the hostage that he had um, before maybe he killed right, himself. because he still had the hostage. He had a hostage right. in that yep. room. So when the SWAT team went in, were they justified in doing what they were doing? And that's the question that we often encounter. And 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 that that's one of the problems when we interpret the Bible as thou shalt not kill, and it excludes all killing right. whatsoever, is then, then a police officer— in this situation, let's just say this particular yeah, no, situation yeah. where there's somebody who's already murdered several people and is holding a hostage, is a police officer justified in taking this life if the commandment says thou shalt not kill? And and so that's where, um, in my reading of the Bible, it's very plain that the police officer is justified in doing that. And we are grateful for the law enforcement that fairly and justly apply the law and are, are very conscientious. But that's the other part that I think that as a law enforcement person, you have to think about a little bit as well, is that you sure, have yeah. to to really think, I mean, when you have the, 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 when you're sanctioned by the government with the ability to take life, you have to, you have to take that seriously. And the police officers I've known do. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't police officers out there that that don't that, that, yeah. that are that are otherwise, but what I am saying is, I think most police officers take that pretty seriously, and I'm, uh, and you know, at, at whole life we have a police officer in our church um, yeah. every Saturday um, there with us, and I'm really grateful to them for being there um, because it provides a level of safety at our church that I think is important, um, and I'm grateful for their service, and so I think um, that's something to think about. On the other side, I think that one of the things people have to think about is also is we have a number of people that that join the military. Yeah, I was just going to say military is another. And traditionally, Seventh Day Adventists have, have discouraged our young people from joining the military the, because of the Sixth Commandment and also because of the Fifth Commandment often and as well being able to keep the Sabbath. Yep. Um, those two commandments, thou shalt not kill or murder, and uh, remember the Sabbath day are usually the two reasons why um, the Seventh-day Adventist Church has traditionally encouraged um, its people to not necessarily join the military. Now, that trend has kind of changed in recent years, um, but 
I know when I was growing up, there was you were you know really discouraged from from joining the military for those kind of reasons. And Adventists have a history of being pacifists. Um, you know, probably best exemplified by Desmond, Desmond Doss, Doss yeah. during World War II, conscientious objector, although he liked to be called a conscientious cooperator, um, who refused to bear arms but was a medic and uh, received uh, was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. So that's kind of the background of it, but. I think that one of the the probably the the more overlooked things when it comes to military service is this: when when we take into account the the commandment "Thou shalt not murder," there are justified wars according to the Bible. We see them in the Bible. We see God telling His people to go to war. The problem is that there's also unjustified wars, and what hmm. we've seen. In, in, in places is that when you're in the military, whether it's the United States military, the German military, whatever yeah. country's military you're in, what happens when you go to war and it's not justified? What do you do in that situation? Do you and because when you're in the military, you no longer belong to yourself. You follow orders or else there's court martials and other rig. <laughs> things to happen. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I think that people have to also kind of keep in mind is that there are, there are wars that are absolutely justified where we're doing the right thing. But there's other times where our, where countries go to war for, for reasons that are not justified. And if you don't believe that, then you just all you have to do is go back to World War II and, and yeah. look at what happened with Germany. There were a lot of "Quote unquote good Christians that were in the German army, army, yeah, um, following the bidding of a truly evil man, and so I think we have to think about those things as we as we contemplate what we're going to do. If we are going to be in the military, do we have the strength and the courage to say no? This isn't the right thing to do, and I'm willing to take the consequences, yeah, if it violates my conscience on what I think ought to be happening. So those are things I think people." ought to think about a little bit. And sometimes we just overly simplify the, the commandment by saying, well, don't join the military because it You're says gonna... thou shalt not kill. Well, the Bible is pretty clear that there are times where that's justified, and not only justified, but necessary and important. I mean, we can all be grateful that there's a military that protects our freedom here in the United States. Absolutely. We should we should absolutely be grateful for that. And I'm grateful to the men and women in the service who, who protect my freedom. And um, I would like to think that were I needed to do that, I would I would stand up and take my place to protect the freedoms that that Americans have, if that were needed and necessary. So, but I also would want to think that if I knew that that my country was doing something that was unjust and we weren't and we were murdering rather than protecting life, yeah, that I would say no, I, I can't do that. But that's a tough spot to be in. It's a very tough spot to be in. So that's just. That's something for people to think about on that. So that was so that's that's a that's a long discussion of that first story. But you're right though to to not include the nuances of what of even the fourth and the sixth commandment, and just say, well, if you kill, you kill. There's there's no nuance to this. There's no second guessing. There's no right, wrong, or things that need to happen. And the Sabbath that it's black and white. Yeah. And even though that really. There are some instructions yeah. in there, but I wouldn't say they're all black and white either. There's no. new there's nuances and there is. I think we're we're way more balanced. It's just harder. I think you're right though. It's way harder once you get into that situation and go, Oh man. I mean, like when I enlisted, this yeah. was not the case. And yeah. now we're 
whatever's happening. And yeah. now, oosh, you know, yeah. we're, like if you were in the Russian army and all of a sudden it's like, hey, yeah. we're going to Ukraine and I'm not really sure this is what I really want to be doing or that this was the right thing to do. And, yeah. you know, they even had, you know, according to some reports, people, every everyday citizens from Russia were just like, hey, here's a gun, go fight. And going to the other side, like, yo, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Just <laughs> send me wherever. Yeah. And I think you get, you get caught in those places. But yeah, the nuance I think is important to think about. Yeah. Life is about nuance. And, and sometimes yeah. we try to make things a lot easier or black <laughs> and white than they really are. So that would be the first story that I would, that, that those are some thoughts I had. And I'm sure some of you had better thoughts than I do on that one. So, um, so that's, that's the first story. The second story was about Opie. Yeah. Um, and I think that one was pretty straightforward. Um, story when it comes to understanding uh, something that that just because uh, in this particular story, um, Opie was a classmate of mine in, in high school um, who eventually, um, a, he was there my freshman year, and none of us could remember his name because that we just called him Opie. Uh, yeah. That wasn't his real name, uh, but we called him Opie and severely bullied him. And you know, he left after his freshman year, and then a couple of years later, we had heard that he, that he took his own life. And that, I think, the thing that really hit me on that was that, you know, I could have stepped up and said something. I wasn't one of the ones that was like, you know, physically bullying because I probably wasn't really particularly capable of that <laughs> part of it. But I never ever stepped up and said, "Hey, cut that out. Hey, that's not right. Don't do that." Yeah. And it's something I've tried to train my children to do better than I did. And, and my problem is that there's a lot of times, you know, they, they say, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. And that's just, you know, I think all of us know that that's not, a, that's not true. Defense words, yeah. words absolutely hurt you. And just because I think one of the things in Christendom that we're very hard on is when people take their lives. And, and there's, um, I think that I've seen families that I've had to work with that have been incredibly wounded when they have somebody they love that takes their life and, and there's not a lot of support for around them. It's like it's like, oh, you're 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 you know, your loved one has too. yeah, your loved one has done something that God can never forgive them for or yeah. whatever. And because that was their last act. And I think that sometimes it's easy in that particular situation to put the the blame on on the person and not see some of the circumstances that could lead a person to be in such a dark place and in the particular case of of opie i have to take responsibility for um the fact that i could have done better if i don't you know could i have prevented it from happening nobody will ever know that but i know i could have done better sure i could have done better i could have stood up for him i could have stood alongside i could have told people to leave him alone I could have been his friend, yeah, and I didn't. I didn't choose to do that, and that's something that that you know I'm grateful for God's grace that I pray for. But it's also something I'm very cognizant of now that I I could have done better and I should do better. And one of the things that I need to do is make people aware that they too can do do better. Talking to my kids about trying to be kind to people, yeah. And at that age, kids are like, you know, kids will be kids. And, at you know, in your teenage years, it's a rough time, but that's not an excuse. It's no. just one of the things where we say, hey, let's let's do better. Let's do better. And so for me, when I look at that particular story, I'm making the point that you don't you don't have to be the person that, that picks up a gun or a knife to kill somebody. Sometimes right. your words can push people off of ledges, particularly when they're when they are in a vulnerable place in life. And so we have to be careful about the words we use, not just be careful not to, you know, it'd be easy to say, I mean, I could say, well, I, you know, I, I, I called him Opie, but that was it. 
Yeah. That wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. Yeah. Well, the question is, but did I do the most that I could, or did I just look the other way and ignore something that, that needed to not be ignored? And In so action, yeah. the point I'd like people to make is that you can, what if, what if Opie hadn't taken his own life, but he'd just lived a life of depression? Does that make me, does it make it better? It, it well, I'm, I would, I would far prefer him to be alive. I would, sure. because hopefully you could work through the depression, but if he's living a life that's miserable and I'm not doing anything to help, I'm taking away from his quality of life, especially when I'm, when I'm uh, participating by calling him, you know, Opie, which was not, you know, an in term of endearment really. Well, and we all have, we all have our Opie's. Yeah. And that's just that maybe was the saddest story of all of them. I mean, active shooter situation is yeah. I mean, there was a lot of loss of life, which is obviously very sad, but I think we don't all resonate unless you have that. But Opie immediately it's like everyone got uncomfortable in the room. Yeah. During in between services, we were upstairs, the A V team getting some refreshments and just kind of discussing like, Whoo, man, that was a <laughs> that was a little bit and everyone was like, Who was your Opie? And there was nobody that didn't have a name that couldn't find someone. Yeah. And whether it was even just inaction, I saw it happening. I did nothing. I didn't I didn't even call the person Opie, yeah. I, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. And so the inaction part being this like killing someone with inaction is even and then the loss of life. We have many of us probably most of us probably know someone that we've lost yeah. to that. So they're taking their own life, and that's just that's just heartbreaking on every level. It so is. that was, and, and just the and, thought of him being the thought of them being almost invisible, even though they take all yeah. the abuse, it's almost like they're invisible. And you're like, how in the world could this happen? Yeah. But yet, it's so easy to yeah. just like ah, it's just Opie. It's 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 fun. It's it's okay. He doesn't mind. No. He really doesn't mind. I mean, he's laughing with me, right? I mean, yeah. And um, I'm sure that's I think what that's he does. the hardest thing about bullying because people will will go up to the person being bullied and go, you okay with that? And they'll be like, oh yeah, it's, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. And But you know what? The good litmus test is if you have to ask if they're okay, they're <laughs> probably totally not. Right. Yeah. And 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 you can't expect somebody, you know, that's one of the things that, that bullied children get told all the time is just don't, don't ignore it. Um, yeah. Don't, you know, don't do anything to encourage the person yeah. to keep doing it. Since Opie, I've actually gone back to other people. Actually, it was much later after Opie because I took me a while to mature, <laughs> and I maybe still am. But uh, there's been people I've gone back to in my life and said, "Hey, I was not good to you. I'm really sorry." Yeah. Um, particularly as I've watched my children go through some some rough mm. experience, I think that was probably what the catalyst. What to... what really hit for me is watching yeah. my children and and thinking I could have been. I I know I was the kid that did that to that to you know to my kid and I, you know, called up a couple of those people in my life and said, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. And, uh, I hope you can forgive me. And so there's some good conversations that were had there, but yeah. yeah, I think we all probably do have an Opie in our life. We have somebody that, um, either now or later. And, and by the way, if you're an adult right now, you think, thank goodness, I'm not a teenager or child anymore doing that. You know, if you've got your own children, I'd encourage you to be honest with them about the OPs in your life, the, yeah. the regrets that you have with the way that you treated people. There's nothing more powerful to your child than you admitting yeah, things and just saying, hey, I, I could have been done better. And it's a catalyst for them to go, hey, dad, mom, they've been there and they regretted it and maybe I need to do better. So, 
you know, if you weren't able to do better with your own life, maybe you can do better with your grandchildren or your children yeah. by just telling them the truth about the things that you wish you'd you'd done differently. Yeah, good point. Good point. Value Genesis. Yeah, Ooh. this is the yeah that was a that was a rough story, huh? That one was um, that one in that particular story. Basically, myself and several of my friends, when we were teenagers, got up in front of a church to talk about a, a study that had been done and just got torn apart by some of the older people in the church. And with that story, one of the things that I, I wanted to point out is that that we can spiritually murder people. Oh, absolutely. Um, and by the way that we behave in church, and it's not just even our teens, there are people that are invisible at church that we ignore, that we don't don't socialize, we talk about, um, and and we can spiritually murder people to the point where they don't want anything to do with God because of how mean his followers God. are. <laughs> yes. And and so, you know, that was the point that I probably would have driven home is that uh, we need to be careful how we behave, um, particularly when it comes to church, because we don't want to do things to alienate. Um, it's one of my the things is I as I get a little bit older and I try to be better and I, I hope I continue to get better. But I've learned that sometimes it's not about being right at church on the right side of the argument. Sometimes if I've offended somebody, even though I know I'm right, maybe the best thing for me to do is to to particularly as a senior pastor, but as a pastor Sometimes the best thing I can do is listen and say, I'm really sorry I hurt you. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily have to say I was wrong, but I, I'm sorry I hurt you because I am. I, if I hurt somebody, I'm sorry I hurt them. Yeah. I don't, you know, and I and maybe there is a better way to do things in the way that I did them. But I think that, you know, humility comes along and says, let me listen to your story. I don't need to be walked over. And if I'm right, then I don't need to, you know— if sure. I'm doing the right thing that needs to be done, then it needs to be done. But I can do it in a way that's loving and kind and grace-filled as opposed to ha, 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 I'm right, you're wrong, yeah. just live with it kind of thing. So um, so that would be that story. So, Well, and I think a lot of us, you know, if you have some type of – if you or if you've been a Jesus follower for a while and you've been baptized and you've been – you know, living your life as someone who loves Jesus, then you're, you, you are a pastor, you are a leader yeah. of people. And so, you know, sometimes I think it's like, well, we expect more from the pastor because yeah. he, he's up front. And, I mean, he wears a jacket and tie, so he's kind of holy and stuff, right? I mean, he's got stuff pulled together when in fact, you know, I think we underestimate all of us, underestimate our ability to really, to really lead people in, in the right way or in the best way that we know how or where we are without the hurt part. And then the hurt part, though, can be, and sometimes it's unintentional, but it's still okay to just say, "Wow." when you see that sorry. look in that face, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry if that, like, yeah. did that hurt you? Was that offensive? I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think maybe now it's, it's less of a, I want to say it's a little less of weird than it used to be. Maybe I'm not, that's not the word I'm looking for, and I'm not saying it's all like woke culture. But when, but when you when you're a little more hypersensitive to what comes out of your mouth, and then you're really focusing more on how other people are perceiving it, when you feel like, ooh, yeah, maybe just like, hey, if that was if I offended you, and if I did, I'm sorry, and like give them time to answer. Let them say, yeah, you you did hurt me, or 
I don't know. Or, you know, I've gotten... And better I'm, yet, leave the word out if. Yeah, just yeah. say, I offended you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Because a lot of times the word will come out after and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, you did. Or yeah. I'm not sure how to take what you said. Yeah. And and even at that, it's okay. To, it's probably better to just be on the side of, oops, I felt the, I felt the weirdness. Let's yeah. investigate and let's repair if there's been damage. All right. Stoplights. Oh my goodness. This one was, this one had us all on the edge of our seats, literally. Yeah. I won't, I won't go through the whole story, but basically the bottom line was <laughs> I saw a red light. The person I was driving with who was in the driver's seat didn't see the red light and we were in a pretty big accident. Um, fortunately, nobody was killed. In fact, everybody walked away. Nobody had to go to the hospital, which is just beyond a miracle because yeah. we were doing 45 or 50 and we just completely T-boned that. And it was all because I didn't say anything. And yeah. This is probably out of those four stories. This is the one that has preached to me the most in my life ever since because I have a tendency to not want to point out to people when they're making a mistake. I don't like being a backseat driver. I don't want to say, hey, Randy, I see this happening. Is that a good idea? I just want to be like, hey, Randy's an adult. He knows what he's doing. He's, he knows why he's doing what he's doing. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that, that just came down to me is that sometimes you can murder somebody by omitting information that they need oh yeah to survive yeah. um you know to giving them the information that they need to to have the life that they ought to be having and for me that's one of the reasons why i think you know, we live in a society that says, you have no right to judge me. You have no right to say right. this and, you know, mind your own business kind of stuff. And I guess maybe that's not always true. I guess we also are in a, in a place where people are all constantly canceling each other. But the problem with canceling somebody is there's no communication involved in that. Yeah. The, when you cancel somebody, you're not walking alongside them. You're just ignoring them. You're not actually saying, hey, this is a problem. Or, How can I help? You know, riding beside my friend in that vehicle on that day, <clears throat> riding alongside him, I could have said, hey, there's a red light. And he could have said, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And I was in the passenger seat, so I was I was along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, you were going where he's And he would, have, he would have, but he would have had the opportunity to know. Right. And I know what would have happened if I had said, hey, there's a red light. He would have, oh, wow, I didn't see that. And he would have come to a stop. But because I didn't say anything about that red light, and the sad part for me is he's the one who got the ticket. Yeah. I, he's the one who's it probably messed his insurance up pretty monumentally. Yeah. And ultimately, it was his fault. He was the driver. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I could have changed it. Yeah. All I had to say was, hey, that's a red light. Do you see it? Can I ask you a question, though? I'm yeah, gonna... sure. And and this is just, it's probably nonsensical in a way in that it's hard to describe certain things that happen in your life. But there's a story that I can immediately, I, as soon as you said this story, I was like, oh, no, he's not going to tell him. Right? And there's been times, I, I thought of two immediately, and I can't share the stories, but I should have said something. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very clear. And in both instances... One probably wasn't as bad, more of a mental thing than anything else. But the other could have been way worse and very lucky, just like your story, that it wasn't. And yet it was almost like, I don't, I, I have no idea 
why I didn't say anything. And I've struggled with that because you wonder, did I, do I have like secretly, do I like, do I not like this person or was I just going like, oh man, I don't want to be that guy. I don't, you know, I hate backseat drivers. You know, this wasn't having to do with driving, but you know, second guessing or was I just afraid they were going to go, why don't you just mind your own business and don't worry about what I'm doing. But in, in both cases, I can't put my finger on why. It was, there was nothing like, oh, I'll show him. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. And we'll live. Yeah, he'll, he'll learn yeah. his lesson. And then you'd, really, then you'd really feel bad if something bad happened. But what, what brought you to the point for not saying anything? Because I, I think that a lot of times there's maybe, a, maybe it's multiple things that we've had happen in the past that all kind of cause that pause. And then it's just like, well, it's too late. And now, boom, it happens. And it's so fast. And then we feel guilty. And then we feel all these emotions. And that's it's crazy. For me, there's a couple different reasons. I think that I'm a, I want people to like me. For me, I'm talking about this one for me. For me, the reason I often won't say a red light is I want people to like me. And I feel like if I if I start, you know, saying that, it's gonna make them not like me. Yeah. Um it's gonna be like, Oh, there's a guy that's always <laughs> knows better. Knows better or, and yeah. says this, says that. I mean, knows where of, and and you don't wanna be that person either, do you? You don't wanna be no. the person that's always, you know, smarter than everybody in the room and telling everybody what they ought to be doing, ought not to be doing. At the same time, my litmus test is if I love somebody and it was me, would I want them to, would they want, would I want them to tell me in a loving way, yeah. not in a judgmental way, but in a loving way, it would, Hey, that's hey, watch out about that, you know? And, and that for me, you know, that particular story for me, I could name you three or four other stories where it's the same thing, where it's hard to have difficult conversations with people. It's hard to say, Hey, coworker, I, I see you. <laughs> hanging out with somebody who's not your spouse, which is a nice segue into this next week's uh, one on adultery. But I see you, I see you hanging out with somebody with your, that's not your spouse. And I'm, I'm watching an intimacy develop between the two of you that I'm really worried is going to, going to bite you later that it, or sooner maybe, but I'm worried about that. I don't know that you should be spending as much time with that person as you are, because I'm afraid it's going to lead you somewhere that that's going to be dark in the long run. Sure. And so, yeah. and we, we hate to call that out because then the person's like, what are you talking about? How could you accuse me of that? Don't you know me? I mean, blah, blah. And you know, I don't want yeah. to be your friend if you think that about me and that we get afraid that that's the conversation or we get afraid at work when we have a colleague that, that we see not putting the effort in and we're like, well, I'm not, I'm not the boss. Yeah. I don't want to say anything to him. And then later on that person gets fired and you wonder, well, what if I had talked to that person and said, "Hey, I got to pick it up a little bit." Yeah, I probably need to pick up the pace a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm watching this. I know, but you're like, "Well, it's not my problem. It's you know, it's their problem." But the question is, if we if we truly consider everybody to be our neighbor, what would we want done for us? Yeah. And even if even if the reaction that we get is bad, it's bad, yeah, isn't it the right thing to do? To and I've had that happen. I've had it happen where I said, "Hey, stoplight." And I'm like, who are you to tell me that that's a stoplight? You're, you know, you don't know me. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, though, I've called the stoplight. Yeah. You've, yeah. And I'm going to be nice about it and say, hey, I'm, I'm concerned for you. And they're like, hey, there's nothing to concern you. Just mind your own business. Say, okay. Fair You've enough. heard me. I've shared with you what I, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not here to judge you or make your life miserable. I'm just here to, because I, I love you and care about you. Yeah. You know, sometimes people will respond to that and be like, oh, okay. 
And then other times they're like, hey, that, you know, I've, you know, I had one relationship where I called a red light early on in the relationship with that person. It never got better because they, they were upset about it. But I also watched it. They, it was a red light. Yeah. And it, it eventually hit them smack in the face. Yeah. Um, Blind spots are called that for a reason. Yeah. Right. And so that's, you know, that's maybe one of the other things we ought to be aware of. When, when somebody <laughs> says that they see a stoplight and you don't see it, might be a good idea to look up from what you're doing. Yeah, no. And uh, really take some time to evaluate it. The best one was uh, my first marriage. Before I got married, multiple people said, this isn't a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, you just don't know. You, yeah. you, you don't know all you don't know all what I know, yeah. which is a true statement. They yeah. don't. But they also see things that obviously there were blind yeah. spots and it was like, man... That could have saved a whole ton of money and heartache yeah. right there. If you're yeah. just like, hey, maybe be a little bit more open to, <laughs> you know, especially when said people are your mom. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. Stuff like that. We, yeah, yeah. We, we learn our lessons. But thinking about all these things, it was like all of these things mess with your mental health. Like you said, you know, with the with the shooter, there were people that whose lives, whose trajectories were, how could they not have been changed from being in that situation? Or obviously, Opie's was mm-hmm. his his trajectory definitely changed, and that might have might not have been the whole of the situation, but you know, probably a piece. And man, the value genesis, I think. If that doesn't wreak havoc on your spiritual psyche at minimum, if not your personal, yeah, because it feels like a personal attack. You know, no, it was, and, it and, was a personal and, attack. And, and, There's and, no doubt about that. And then you know, even the stoplights. If you if you can stop and you can think about times I should have said something or I did and I, I it wasn't well received or other times where it was and then you're wrong and you're like, well, I should have just kept my mouth shut because now everyone's mad and who are they all mad at? They all mad at me because I opened my fat mouth and I probably should have just said nothing. Yeah. And so we, we deal with all that. And then, you know, you go through and, and people say, well, you know, God couldn't save this person or, you know, he, he could have intervened and stopped the shooting. He could have, you know, he could have touched Ken's heart more and helped Opie or any of those kids that were in that situation. Or, you know, you can go down and things happen the way they happen. And you said something that said, you know, God can do different things, but no thanks to me. You know how situations go go together. If I don't do anything, it's no thanks to me. And at the end, it just sounds like it's 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 a regret. Mm. And then that's something that we're we're carrying with us. And I'm like, I don't want to have any regrets about just opening my mouth and saying, Ken, man, I'm 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 seeing your choices here, and uh, it yeah. just feels like I should say something. And if I'm if I'm off base, then I don't know. Those those are just the pieces where. I don't want to live with regret, but I also don't want to feel like make people feel like, well, who do you, who do you think you are? How, how smart do you think you are? Mm-hmm. What do you think you know about me? And I'm almost after listening to the stories because they really did have a a bite in person. I'm like, maybe it's just best to go look if if, if God's telling you something and you're He's nudging on you where you feel like I should probably say something. Maybe you should just go with it and take the consequences and say. I felt like it was the right thing to do, and if I was wrong, I'm sorry. Like you said, approach it with, yeah. hey, I just, I love you. I see this, and that's one of the maybe make it as easy. As my we can litmus ourselves. test is that I don't, I don't insert myself with somebody that I don't love. Hmm, there you go. 
That's for me. In other words, if if it's somebody I'm just I do not like, and I know, okay, I know you're, what, you know, somebody's out there is like, oh, you don't love everybody. Yeah. Well, can we just all be honest? There's that person that drives you absolutely nuts, and yeah. you just do not particularly care for them. And so, for me, if I don't, if I find that that my interaction with them is more of a of me just wanting to give them a good slap instead of um, genuinely caring about them, then I try not to do it because, hmm. you know, when you're not in a relationship with somebody, when somebody views you as being after them, they don't feel safe, nothing you're going to say to them will ever go through. And so there's yeah. been a couple circumstances where, where I actually liked a person and wanted to say something to them, but I was pretty confident that if I said it, they would never receive it that way because <laughs> they did not feel loved by me. And and that was something I was going to have to – so that my option at that point was to work harder on making them feel loved so yeah. that I can get to the point where I can have a gentle conversation. Or to – if I don't think that it's – you know, sometimes there's some people that will just never be your friend. They weren't going to like you just because they're yeah. not going to, and that's it's their okay. choice. In those particular situations, sometimes one of the things I've done is just gone to somebody that I knew that they did get along with and said, hey, I'm concerned for them. I don't feel like they're going to hear this from me. Do you see this too? Sure. And the person, sometimes the person would be, oh, yeah, I definitely do. Would it, you would you feel comfortable having this conversation with them? Because I don't think they're going to hear it coming from me. Yeah. You know, I see, I've seen this done pretty effectively with children. Yeah. Um, I've done it. So there's been, you know. I don't think Kyle and Eric listen to this very often, so I'll just take my chances on this. But there's been times where I've gone to people that I knew that were their friends that they cared about or that were sometimes older people that were in the mentoring position said, hey, I don't think if I say this to Eric or if I say this to Kyle at sure. their point, I think they're just yeah. going to go, who are you? need to know this, you know, or, or I know you do. And I said, well, can you just kind of have a conversation with them? Because I think they'll hear it differently from you. And that's, I think, sometimes a loving and caring thing to do, too, is that if you know that somebody's not going to be able to hear something, they need to hear something, then, then go yeah. find somebody that, that does love and that they do feel cared about. I've done, that, I've done that before, and you're yeah. right. It either works out really well. At worst, they still don't like you. Yeah. They're like, why are they butting in? Why did they go yeah. to you? They should have come to me. And be careful about that being gossip, because there is there's a very there's fine a, line right. on it being gossip, and yeah. so you got to be careful with that. But, And I think sometimes people are way too quick to assume <laughs> that, that somebody doesn't like you and you'd just rather somebody else be the messenger than you. So, you know, be careful with that. But my point still stands yeah. is that, you know, there's time and a place to, to you know, find somebody that can reach out to that person in, in a way that, that may be effective. Yeah. So well, I, I really, out of this whole sermon, out of this, out of this particular one, it's really easy to look at that sixth commandment and gloss over it really quickly sure. because I've never, you know, knowingly murdered somebody. Tony I've Marino never, had the best, yeah. the best uh, story to tell. He did. In, it was, in it was church, good. Uh, pre-roll uh, before everything. Just yeah, like, that reminds me of what my fifth story would have been. Then, so that, <laughs> that reminds me. But anyway, but my point is that we all, according to Jesus, yeah. Are murderers. Yep. You know, we've murdered Christ himself with, yeah. you know, with the actions that we have. And what I wouldn't want somebody to take away from this sermon is to be like, oh, I'm a horrible person. There's no hope for yeah. me. I live in regret and I'm just going to beat myself up endlessly over it. You know, I, I think it's an unhealthy thing not to feel regret sure. because if you say you have no regrets in your life, I'm pretty sure you haven't done very much deep thinking about what you've done in your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I have regrets in my life. I have things that if I could go back, I'd do them differently. I would. I would do things differently now. But I also don't beat myself up and think that I can go back because I can't. I haven't discovered yeah. time travel. I haven't found anybody who does. So I, I know of no way to go back. So all I know is that I look, I regret, and I use that regret to motivate me to do better in the future. I learn from learn that mistake lessons. and say, okay, I regret that. I'm going to do my best to not let that happen again. And sometimes I do let it happen again. But I just keep trying and asking yeah. God's Spirit to help me and change me and make me a better a better person. Well, what I really like uh, was the the opening par- or the synopsis paragraph that said that went with this message and it said, "Life is God's most precious gift. Anything that takes away life from another person is an act of murder. We are most like Jesus when we preserve, restore, and give life to others." In short, when we love people. See, I like how you brought that back. That was smooth right there. Didn't even see it coming. And that kind of brings us to our Q&A. Um, Nichi, N-C-H-Y, asked, why aren't we healing people at church and performing miracles? Thinking about all these bad things that we yeah. can do. And maybe in that spirit of the end of that where we're most like Jesus when we preserve and the restore and give life to others. So is that something that we can still do? Yeah, that's a good question. You you know, you, if you go to uh, maybe Benny Hinn or a Pentecostal church, sometimes you'll see people having hands laid on them, and you'll hear stories of healings and things like that. And um, within the Seventh-day Adventist tradition, that isn't something that we've typically done. We, we believe that um, the healing ministry of Christ is extended through modern medicine. It's one of the reasons why Seventh-day Adventists have such an extensive Healthcare network, yeah. um, the 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 health that we provide, um, we believe that God gives us the ability to to use our minds to to, to create healthcare solutions and do that, and so that's part of it. Um, on the other hand, I've also been a part of of, of different uh, moments where I have prayed over church members, prayed for healing, and and I. I'd love to tell you that every time I prayed, I've seen a change, in <laughs> yeah. it, um, but that's just not the way it's been. But I have seen miracles happen, too. I've seen incredible things happen after praying, laying on of hands, and, and anointing people. I've seen those kind of things happen. Um, so why don't we do that more in an upfront um, kind of thing? I think that probably because I think that we have to be careful that, that when— we, Firstly, I believe God is able to perform miracles still today. Okay. Um, when it's needed. But I think that God doesn't necessarily call us to do that to to bring attention to ourselves or to um, make a big spectacle always. And so that's probably a reason why we don't see that happening within most Seventh-day Adventist churches, and that's why we don't necessarily do it at Whole Life Church. Now, mm. I will say that you know there might be a time and a place where, where somebody is asking for needs special prayer and wants that done in front of the church and who knows we take everything on a case by case by you know basis but i think that as human knowledge progresses god's ways also progress with it and so the things that were done back in jesus time were done because that was the way it needed to be done at that time in that place they didn't have some of the knowledge that we have today so that would be uh, a little i guess that would probably be my answer to that question and nothing so far. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say that. There are people that, you know, people say, well, uh, my friend used to say, well, Lazarus was brought back from the dead. So was Nikki Six. 
<laughs> okay. So he's like, it wasn't Jesus doing it, but it was a medical team, and they were, you know, they had pronounced him dead. And that's a, a reference to a 1980s glam metal band called Motley Crue, whose bass player died uh, famously for about a minute and a half, and they brought him back somehow. And so it always made me, I mean, well, yes, it's tongue-in-cheek, but at the same yeah. time... Nicky Six wasn't dead for four days, was he? <laughs> he was, no, no. He hadn't started smelling bad. Well, maybe no. he smelled bad. Who knows? But it wasn't not for the same reasons. But I just think at the same time, there's so many things that God does that we just take for granted because of the time that we live in. Yeah. There's so many... There's so many shortcuts that we never had before just because of knowledge being what it is, yeah. and they get easily passed by, and you just don't see... And and what would it take if someone if someone else was raised from the dead? Would you believe it? Yeah. What would it be? Would it be David? You know, like a and David give, Copperfield, or I I think it'd be a hard time. And I'll give a shout out to Advent Health. You know, that's their their motto is extending the um, or I should say ministry. their mission extending the healing ministry, ministry of, of Christ. Christ. Yeah. And and that's I think that probably we don't give enough credit when a doctor helps us through cancer when a doctor <laughs> catches something ahead of time when we with the modern medicine we don't we we're grateful to the doctor or grateful to the medical team and we should be sure and yeah. we should also and more importantly be grateful to Christ who put that knowledge Isn't in those that? minds and gave the ability to do those things yeah all right the one of the whole life reflections, and I'm just going to read you two because they were both very, very good. What do you think is the most common killer? And this I was just thinking about personally. And then how can you help others live abundantly? Because I'm thinking once you figure out maybe what your most common killer is, uh, how do you turn that around and then uh, make that a positive mm. and be able to help others live abundantly? Like just, just something to think about. Yeah. And always we'd love. Uh, Again, book reviews, what you know, what did we say, didn't say, could have said, should have said, 407-965-1607 or email podcast at wholelife.church. And next week, so we're into adultery this week, right? So we're going to five. Well, let's be careful how we say that. We well, will no, be talking about, about, we will be talking about, into, yeah, 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 we will yeah. be talking about adultery uh, this this coming Sabbath, this, this coming Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so just a little warning for everybody out there. We will be talking about <laughs> adultery. The word adultery will be used. Yeah. And uh, so we'll probably the word sex and, and uh, I don't know, I, I haven't finished haven't the sermon finished just yet, yet but... So. I, you know, for those of you who are wondering, you got kids. I'm going to try to keep this one as PG Dude, as I can. Yeah. We're not going to be telling stories about, um, you know, we may talk about the woman caught in adultery that uh, we find in the Book of John. But what I'm really going to be focusing on this next week, and and I know this particular topic can feel pretty awkward. What I'm not wanting to focus on so much is all the bad things about adultery, all the different ways you can commit you can adultery. Commit, like, yeah. you know, I'm probably going to do almost the opposite of what I did this Sabbath when it came to telling stories. I'm probably the, almost the opposite in the sense that I really want to talk about is what the antidote is to that. Mm. And how do we li- live a life of faithfulness? Nice. And, and what is that? How do we do that? How do we live a life of faithfulness and connection? And that's that's really where I'll probably be driving and talking about nice. um, how we can be connected to God. So, with all that being, uh, you know, with all that, I think that I think that kids will be fine to be at church. That's my own personal opinion. But if you're worried, then by all means, watch the message, and then if you want them to watch it later. But I will say this, and I think this is important for parents to hear: you need to be talking to your kids about sex. And at whatever age you think they're too young, you're probably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your children are hanging out with other children, yep. 
you probably need to be talking in some form or fashion about sexual purity and what that means and what that looks like. The, the biggest problem is, is that we have, that it's an awkward conversation to have, and so we don't like to have it with our kids. And yeah. we, we assume that they're not going to, you know, if we put them in the right school, put them around the right people, that they're not going to hear anything. But my research is that the average age a child is exposed to pornography is 11, and I think it's actually younger than that. We had an expert at Forest Lake who said eight to nine. Yeah. Depending boys boys or girls, and if you're not having the conversation. So if you're not informing them, somebody else is going somebody to, and it's going to be somebody, somebody who's yep. not going to give them the, the good information that you, you can you give them. them. Yeah. And so I just encourage you to be having those conversations with your children, um, whether it's whether you feel like the right place is after a sermon at a whole life or whether it's somewhere else. And so that's really where the sermon's going to be going this this week when it when we talk we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about how to not do that. And nice. so so that's where we'll be going. All right. Well, so what about uh story number 5? Should we just make that a bonus episode and just drop that midweek? Uh, do you have time? Do you have know. time? Is, you have... It, is it I I'll tell you what. I'll tell it to you and then if you think it's good enough Okay. You want to, then we can. I don't know. It's not really, I don't know that it adds anything to the conversation. Okay. Well, let's just do it. And then if we need to. So, okay. Well, here, hold on. So that's going to do it for this week. And if, if the story, I guess I'm the arbitrator here. <laughs> if the story's really good, you're going to see a bonus episode. It'll be our third bonus episode since Ken started. And uh, you'll find that coming out on Wednesday morning. And if not, eh, wasn't that good. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.